1: welcome to the wired to hunt podcast your home for deer hunting news stories and strategies and now your host mark
0: kenyon welcome to the wired to hunt podcast i'm your host mark kenyon and this is episode number 308 and we're here today with another rut fresh radio episode in which we are getting the most recent intel from deer hunters all across the country about what's happening now how are conditions impacting deer and how can you get one killed right now
3: welcome to wired the haunts what fresh radio i'm your host spencer Newharth, and a flying soul this week is mark Canyon heads for the boundary waters in minnesota and i head to south dakota on a muzzleloader hunt if you're not familiar with this show Each week, I talk to different hunters from across the nation to get the latest intel on buck movement in their area. The idea is then for hunters to then take that info and apply it to their strategies, to their setups, to their properties to help them get a buck on the ground. Now, ordinarily, Mark and I would open up the show with a bit of banter and talk about some big picture themes for this time of year and sort of preview what you're going to hear from our guests. If Mark were here, I think we would touch on the October lull because it's October 15th, and if you think of, like, the October lull date, that's what you would have in your mind. Uh, and I'm not going to break down the entire October lull for you, but Mark Kenyon just wrote an article for the TheMeatEater.com titled, Why the October lull is Real. As a defender of science, it bothers me to kind of say that, yes, the October lull is real, but you need to go... And read Mark's work, uh, like I did, and you'll see what point he's making about how what hunters are seeing and what the science is reporting are different things. So I think there's a lot to be learned uh, from that article, and that's kind of a good precursor for hunting this time of year. We have four guests for this week's show, and we start off with Josh Smith from Wild Carrot Sense in Tennessee. Then we talk to Kevin Vistisen from the Deer Hunter Podcast in Michigan, and then we talked to Bo Martonic in Pennsylvania from East Meets West Hunt Podcast. And then we go to Kansas and talk to Nate Crick from Identical Draw. For this week's show, we've got a mix of public land hunters and private land hunters and southern hunters and northern hunters and aggressive hunters and passive hunters. So I think uh, there will be something for everybody on this episode of Fresh Radio. Now we're going to kick it to the interviews. All right, and joining us on the line first is Josh Smith in Tennessee from Wild Carrot Scents. Now, Josh, in Tennessee, what would you say the buck activity has been lately on a scale of 1 to 10?
2: I'd say lately we've probably been at a 3. Uh, I would go even lower than that um, if it weren't for the little bit of cold front we had push here this past weekend. Uh, got deer up on their feet a little better, so that was nice to see. Um, other than that, we just had some Really hot temperatures, uh, and it's suppressed deer movement overall. Um, I've been seeing does out and about a little more um, than the bucks, obviously. So, uh, but overall, it's been pretty slow just with the heat. With the exception of this past weekend, where we had about a 24 degree drop uh, Saturday night, so uh, it made for a little better hunting Saturday and Sunday morning. Uh, but still pretty low as far as buck movement.
3: What do your strategies look like this time of year? Kind of an awkward time of year when you don't want to be too aggressive, uh, but you should still be in the woods because bucks can still be caught moving.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, mostly right now, um, keeping tabs on acorns. Um, that's a big thing for me. Uh, you know, just singling out any white oaks that I can find and hunt those as hard as possible. We don't have a lot of agriculture, so that's uh, the best bet for right now. There's not really any, any sort of rut activity taking place yet, obviously, so uh, just figuring out where the best food sources are and sticking tight to them.
3: As somebody who owns a deer urine company, what is your strategy with sense this time of year, and how does that evolve as we get into the rut?
2: Sure. Well, right now, I'm using uh, a buck, basic buck and doe urines as a cover uh, with the heat that we've got, it's pretty hard not to be stinking up the area, so I like to use those as a cover, um, just kind of cover my tracks, basically. You know, I'm sweating and stinking, so uh, that's very helpful. And as we start to close in on pre rud a little more, um, I'll get a little more aggressive with Dill Estrus and some of our riding buck lures. And I do use those right now uh, while I'm making mock scrapes. Uh, we do have quite a few cameras out, um, sitting over mock scrapes, just kind of keeping inventory. So I'll use our sense that way right now. Um, but I'm not really doing much as far as a drag or anything like that yet. I save that for a little bit later, probably a week or 10 days from now, maybe I'll start, uh, start to utilize those a little more. You probably run
3: more trail cameras than most hunters. Where are those trail cameras at this time of year? And how does that change over these next few weeks? Do you have... Any specific mock scrape sites that you find
2: are superior to others right now? Uh, any any mock scrapes that I've set up are generally going to be on any corridor going from bed to food. Anywhere that I can find a high traffic area where deer are coming out of the thick bedding area and moving toward uh, those those oak ridges like I talked about. Uh, those are primarily where cameras are set up. you know. And I'll have some randoms thrown out there just to maybe catch something I'm unaware of. But as far as targets, those are, those are my hot spots. trying to catch a good high traffic area, maybe a bottleneck of some sort in of between a bedding area and food, which is primarily the acorns.
3: Are you concerned with moon phases at all this time of year?
2: Uh, yeah, I am, you know, we just kind of approached a full moon. I think deer tend to move quite a lot more in the evening hours, you know, uh, at night. Um, they're not up on their feet as much in the daytime cause they don't have to be, they feel a little more security cursing around at night. Uh, so yeah, I think it does have an effect. Um, I'm excited to see as we taper off into a little cooler weather here in the next week. I'm excited to see what takes place as far as, you know, having a a new moon and, um, hopefully
3: they'll be up on their feet a little more in the daylight. Going forward then this next week or so, what do you think that buck activity is going to be on a scale of one to 10 in Tennessee? Oh, I think
2: we'd get up to probably a six, uh, a little higher, after that, as pre-rut picks up a little more, but we're uh, Wednesday night, for instance, we're going to drop down to lows in the upper 30s. Thursday's going to be uh, high in the low 60s as opposed to like the upper 70s we're averaging right now. So I think that's going to help a little bit. So I'm, uh, I'm optimistic. I think traffic, uh, deer traffic is going to pick up a little bit and hopefully bucks get to moving a little bit more. All
3: right, Josh. Well, good luck to you and everyone else from Wild Carrot Sense. Thanks for joining me.
2: Thank you, sir.
3: All right, and joining us on the line next is Bo Martonic from East Meets West Hunt Podcast in Pennsylvania. Now, Bo, in Pennsylvania, what would you say the buck activity has been lately on a scale of one to ten? I
4: would say that the buck activity is somewhere around a five currently. And the reason why I said that is, it's been, is we've had some good, some cold mornings, some things that acorn crops have been good and a little bit of movement, but still... I think here in the coming weeks it's it's going to get better as as scrapes and rugs are starting to pop up as well as micro cameras are starting to light up a little bit more in the last few days.
3: You just briefly touched on food sources, but tell me about what kind of food you're focused on this time of year.
4: So right now the hot ticket item is the acorns. The the red oaks have done really well dropping in this, this part of the state. Um, white oaks are a little bit, uh, you know, harder to come by, but acorns have been the ticket. Apple trees seem to have lost a lot of their apples early, and but nonetheless, acorns have been uh, the hot ticket item right now. What are your strategies in
3: mid-October as a public land bow hunter in Pennsylvania?
4: So honestly, I'm trying to, you know, be close to the the food source. In this case, being acorns in the in the that I'm hunting. There's not a whole lot of food plots, other food sources besides in the timber. And to do that, I'm trying to set up as close as I can to the cover where they're potentially bedding and and start to utilize scrapes. And the scrapes right on the edge of the cover going into some of these sources will really start to light up in the next week. will be my strategy going forward.
3: With sign making increasing and the abundance of acorns, what is your trail camera strategy like right now?
4: So I run probably 90% of my cameras on scrapes and they, and I mean, they'll use the licking branches year round, but uh, really starting to paw the ground and start, you know, working them scrapes like you typically see in October. So that's where I'm getting the best Intel is on those scrapes.
3: When you see an approaching cold front, like we have coming uh, in a few days here in that part of the country. Well, how do your strategies change on public land?
4: So I'm really going to, what that's really going to change for me is I'm going to try to get into some of my, with the, the cold fronts. I don't like to put any unnecessary pressure in spots that, you know, with the warmer weather when I have, you know, a bunch of locations to go to, but really the, the cold fronts would, would make me go into, you know, some of my better areas.
3: Going forward then is next week or so, what do you think that buck activity is going to be on a scale of one to 10 in Pennsylvania?
4: I think that the buck activity, if we get the cold front like we're supposed to, I think it's going to jump to around a seven, I would say. I still don't think it's going to be, you know, anything great, but I I think it's going to start to increase And uh, as we start getting towards the latter part of October.
3: All right, Bo. good luck in Pennsylvania. Congrats on your elk success in Idaho, and thanks for joining me. Thanks, Spencer.
1: Now, a lot of you guys are familiar with the old hunting tradition and you can find what you need in store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com meat eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com meat eater. All right, and joining us
3: on the line next is Kevin Vistasen in Michigan from the Deer Hunter podcast. Now, Kevin in Michigan, what would you say the buck activity has been lately on a scale of 1 to 10?
5: One to 10, uh, I'm gonna go, uh, I'm gonna go two to three. The only reason I'm not saying one or zero is because it is deer season and anything can happen. The reason I'm going two and three and staying really low is because I think, uh, in complete honesty, right now, you know, potentially the past week and this coming week, are probably as hard a time as possible as you're gonna have getting on a buck here in Michigan because they are now pretty much off their summer patterns. They're fully off their summer patterns. Everything's hard horned and the small game hunters are out, waterfowl guys are out. Uh, The deer are very alert to uh, that it's hunting season. And they're basically going to be in their beds before daybreak. And most of these deer, yes, they're going to stand up out of their beds during the course of the day and maybe shift their beds, but they are not going to move, you know, likely more than 25 to 75 yards outside of their primary bed in daylight. So unless you're, um, slipping in right into tight to their bedding area, it is deer season anything can happen a coyote can bump a out of bed but they are not getting up in the middle of the days going on walkable now there's just no reason to be doing that um buck movement is at i would say pretty low from what i've seen over the course of the past week and i expect that to continue through the next week
3: do you think this is a tough time of year for all michiganders or do the guys with private land have it that much better
5: uh, you know, to be honest with you, I don't know that too many private landowners have a big advantage, um, over public land hunters here in Michigan. Sometimes the public land hunters actually are the guys that are switched on and, uh, understand potentially how to hunt these parcels a little bit better. Cause they're used to dealing with the pressure, but here in Michigan, we have a lot of small parcels. You might be dealing with, uh, you know, five to 40 acres, and as much as you like to think you can control what happens on that private property, there's elements that are outside of your control. For instance, last weekend, one of our neighbors, uh, his, his young son shot a doe. They didn't uh, think before they acted and they just went and looked for it and then notified us later that we'd probably be on their. They'd probably be on our trail cameras. And so, you know, these deer, they just, There's people in the woods and they know it. And sometimes those big public parcels are much larger tracks with bigger bedding areas than what you could even have on a small private land parcel. So I I think either one has their challenges uh, this time of year here and in any other pressured state as well.
3: Knowing that these next few weeks are going to be really tough in a state like Michigan, uh, say you did have the ideal conditions you were looking for, and whatever that might be for a cold front, barometric pressure, moon phase, what would your strategy then be to get a buck on the ground?
5: So it's um, very similar to what it is the rest of the year. I'm getting in tight to, um, to cover, you know, thick cover, bedding cover, thick, dense understudy. The deer are browsing on just natural browse. There's still a lot of green foliage in the understory, so the deer are very much just feeding where they are bedding. They're not really moving to destination food sources until under the cover of darkness. Also, we have a lot of acorns on the ground, so these deer, you know, they'll bed in proximity to where they can visually see where they're going to, you know, be feeding before they move out to destination feed. And it's pretty tough to get in and on them. I mean, they're they're very savvy when they bet they put everything in their favor and against you, but, uh, being a, uh, a mobile hunter being adaptable. And then, uh, what I really love this time of year, uh, is just being able to get out there too and hike around and check out some new spots. And you're, you're kind of doing some in season scouting Um, I try to stay out of my historic places that I know are going to be red hot come the beginning of November. I I don't want to put human intrusion in those spots right now, so I'll let those deer kind of have those spots, and by staying out of those spots, other people that are hunting and applying pressure to other areas are just going to force more deer into those spots so that when the time is right come, you know, the few days before leading up to Halloween, all the way to the opener of our gun season around November 15th, you know, that that'll be my highest opportunity spots that I'll save for now. So right now, uh, just being open-minded, being flexible, looking at new stuff, uh, wind is your friend and rain is your friend this time of year because everything's getting crispy and crunchy and the deer, like I said, are on high alert. It's pretty hard to get within their, you know, their safety zone without alerting them to your presence. So if you get a a good windy day or a good rain where you can slip in somewhere quiet, more you know, with less intrusion than what was normal and those deer can't pick you up, I think that's a pretty major asset to be able to get right in and on top of them this time of year.
3: As someone who does a lot of mobile hunting, is there anything – with your setup or your gear that changes from now until that November 15th gun season?
5: uh, The only thing that'll change for me is that uh, basically my layering, you know, right now it's been pretty warm. We've had temperatures all the way up, you know, to 70. The lowest we've really seen when I've been out hunting is, you know, upper forties. So uh, I'm pretty much wearing what I'm hunting in, but I'll be adding a lot of uh, layering I'll keep a pair of bibs in my bag, uh, as well as a a puffy jacket and a shell and some thicker gear so that when I do get into my spot and I get my stand situated, I go in in very light clothing, just some hiking pants, typically, or a light pair of hunting pants and maybe a hooded sweatshirt or even just a base layer top. And then when I get to my stand and I get everything situated, I'll give myself five minutes to kind of cool off before I put my warm thick layers on and climb up. And, and other than that, um, no, not really, not much changes for my gear setup for being a hunter other than, you know, stuff that I need to stay warm. And, you know, we can be in the single digits come here in November. So you'd almost have to be dressed for two separate things, the hike in and out and then the set.
3: Going forward then in this next week or so, what do you think that buck activity is going to be on a scale of one to 10 in Michigan?
5: I think we're going to stay low. Um, We do have a cold front moving in that I believe that will uh, definitely, definitely help. So, you know, coming by next weekend, we could be up, uh, you know, to a five or a six, but I, I don't think it gets good till, you know, October 25th ish when some of the foliage is down and those first does, you know, and start coming into essence and those more mature deer are aware of that and start to have reason to get up on their feet a little bit earlier and, uh, go against their better judgment on, uh, traveling through the woods that they know people are hunting in.
3: All right, Kevin, I'm looking forward to following your hunts this fall good luck this season. Thanks for joining me. Thanks Spencer. All right, and joining us on the line next is Nate Crick in Kansas. Now, Nate, in Kansas, what would you say the buck activity has been lately on a scale
6: of 1 to 10? I would say the buck activity has been around a 6 or a 7. Um, it has been higher, though. Uh, Kansas, and our part, has been getting pretty good cold fronts. We've had actually some a few bouts of really cold weather. And so during, uh, we had one during, uh, beginning of October and then just this last weekend and during those cold fronts, I've seen significant increase in deer movement. And I'd say during those cold fronts, it could be even up to an eight or nine out of 10. Now you guys just recently bought a new property
3: there in Kansas. How is your strategy, uh, kind of hunting a property for the very first time in mid October? Are you aggressive or you sit back and waiting for the end of the month? Uh,
6: we've been, we've been sitting back pretty heavy, um, we have a soybean plot with some radishes mixed in there as well. And that's on just the West side of our ground. So we can access that pretty easily without worrying about bumping deer, or getting their bedding. Um, we also set up cameras, uh, in the summer months when we were doing some, some other work in there. And we've let a lot of cameras actually just, just keep going throughout the year that we haven't even touched in the middle of our ground where we know those deer are bedding. Um, so we've been we've been hanging out on the edges really not pushing in deep um we got lucky just the beginning of october with um my brother killing a nice candace buck and we were just hunting that that bean field um it was kind of interesting our beans were a lot more green than the properties around us so i think that was a big uh help with killing that deer. that he was still uh kind of focused on those beans but um yeah we've been hanging out on the perimeters and we're lucky we have some cell cameras that are kind of doing the work in uh, the middle of our property. But yeah, we're really hanging out until uh, we really
3: see that that buck activity increase. Are you seeing a lot of sign making right now? And what do you do with that info when you find an area on that property that has a lot of rubs and scrapes?
2: Yeah,
6: so we actually didn't have like any sign until... Um, this last weekend when we hunted that cold front and when I was walking through stands a few times, I was seeing a lot more rubs, a ton more, basically just flipped on in the last week. So, um, that with that info, I've been moving some, some cameras around from food sources to like more of the timber on our property. Um, just this last weekend, I moved one of our cell cameras to, uh, Creek crossing with a lot of rubs around it. Um, and since I've put that camera out, it has just been getting lit up all the time by a lot of does and bucks using it. So I've really been moving the cameras around. Um, I haven't been seeing a uh, bunch of scrapes on our ground, more, more of the rubs. And that's been really good info. Um, again, right now we haven't really been hunting those areas. Uh, we've really been letting the cameras do the work, like I said, but um, we know that eventually, once once it really starts to amp up and and the rut's going to be here before we know it, then we'll be we'll be hanging new stands and hunting those rubs and scrape lines.
3: Hunting an area that's so heavily dominated by big agriculture, how do you say the food sources change from now until the rut?
6: Yeah, so we've got we've got corn and beans around us, a lot of it. Um, we have a small like clover and turnip uh, little food plot, and then we have a bean and radish plot and. We're going to leave our beans and radishes, go let them stay all the way through the winter, but the corn and beans will get harvested. And There's always a little shift in the deer movement when that happens, but really majority of the, the property that we hunt in Kansas is, is timbered, besides our, our couple acre bean plots. So we're really going to be hunting the thick timber. Um, we have a stream that works through our property as well. And uh, we know that mature deer, bucks will want to use that as well as a travel travel route so we're really going to move off of the food sources and into that that thicker bigger timber where the the does will be the bedding will be and those bucks will be uh in there trying to find some does um we also do have um a few stands in the timber just off of that bean field a little bit because i know big big bucks won't necessarily want to be open in that bean field they want to be in the timber a little deeper Um, but they want to get a nose on that bean field for the does that are out there feeding and things like that. So yeah, definitely going to be moving uh, more into the timber in the next few weeks.
3: Going forward then in the next week or so, what do you think that bucket activity is going to be on a scale of one to 10 in Kansas? You
6: know, the next week looking at the weather, it's not going to be anything crazy for this time of the year. So I, I, I'm going to keep it at probably about a six or a seven. Um, but again, if, if that weather does change, if we see some colder weather come in, they'll be moving, um. That's that like I said, that's that first cold front that that came through early October in our area. my brother killed a nice buck and then just this last weekend there were a lot of big bucks on the on the move and I saw I saw a really nice buck in our neighbor's field um, on a, on a tree edge um, just out in the daylight. so I don't see it being crazy this week. Um, I know a lot of guys can't get out and hunt during the week, but um if if it was up to me, I'd say, hey, this might be a good week to kind of Stay off the ground if you're not seeing crazy buck movement because I don't see um, any super cold temps, and it might be a good week to leave that pressure off there for later October and into the rut. All right, Nate, well, congrats to you
3: guys for that awesome Kansas buck you already got down. Good luck with the rest of the season and fill in another tag.
6: Yeah, thanks, Spencer. Appreciate it. And that
3: concludes this week's episode of Wired Hunts Rut Fresh Radio. Thanks to Josh, Bo, Kevin, and Nate for joining me. Thank you guys for listening. Good luck to everyone out there trying to kill one during this quote-unquote October lull. Uh, I'll be in the woods, and I'm really excited for some of my first whitetail hunts of the season. We'll talk to you guys next week, but until then, stay wired to hunt.
0: Outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup.